Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda. Good morning. Thanks for your company. I'm Talissa Bazaz, filling in for Natasha Belling. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 5th of April. Tragedy in the New South Wales Blue Mountains after a landslip killed two and left two others fighting for life. Five family members who were holidaying in Australia from the UK went hiking on a path near Wentworth Falls when the incident happened yesterday afternoon. Emergency services arrived to find a 49-year-old man and 9-year-old boy dead at the scene, while a 50-year-old woman and 14-year-old boy had to be sedated and airlifted to hospital with critical injuries. The fifth person, a 15-year-old girl, was the one who raised the alarm and was able to walk out of the bushland with the help of emergency services. New South Wales Ambulance's Stuart Clark says it's heartbreaking. Any situation as has been described is obviously exceptionally confronting, heartbreaking, especially when you start involving children, hence the fact that we've got ambulance chaplains and peer support officers here to support our people. Staying in New South Wales, a helicopter has crashed in the snowy mountains overnight, killing the two people on board. Emergency services have found the wreckage at Keandra Flats. The cause of the crash is not yet known. To Queensland's southeast now, and the flooding crisis is continuing to worsen. Residents south of Toowoomba have had an anxious night's wait, with the Condamine River peaking at around six and a half metres at Warwick overnight, and eight metres likely at Pratton today. The deluge has seen a number of businesses and residents told to evacuate. Some facing their fifth flood cleanup in just five weeks, when the water starts to recede. It comes as a cyclone is forming off the Sunshine State's coast that could bring more wet weather for much of the country's east. Overseas now and Russia is facing international condemnation over reports they killed hundreds of civilians near Ukraine's capital. Ukraine's president has toured Bucha, a city where Russian forces have been accused of slaughtering civilians. Here is Vladimir Zelensky. These are war crimes and this will be recognised by the world as genocide. The fact that you're here today and are seeing what has happened, we know that thousands of people have been killed and tortured, their limbs were cut off, raped women, killed children. I think that this is actually more than, this is actually genocide. That translation, thanks to Sky News. Meantime, the US President Joe Biden is calling for the Russian President Vladimir Putin to face a trial as a war criminal. You may remember I got criticised for calling Putin a war criminal. Well, the truth of the matter, you saw what happened in Rupert. This warrants him, he is a war criminal. Back home and Tasmania's Premier is quitting politics, planning to spend more time with family. Peter Gutwin has served as the 46th Premier since January 2020, but says he has nothing left to give. The past two years have delivered unforeseen challenges as we've navigated through COVID-19 and focused on rebuilding a stronger Tasmania. During this time, I've quite rightly focused on everyone else's family. Uh, I now want to spend some time focusing on my own. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. Starting in Victoria and just days out from the first Australian Formula One Grand Prix since 2019, legal action has been launched against the race bosses for cancelling the event back in 2020. The race was called off because of COVID fears, while fans were already lined up at the gates outside Melbourne's Albert Park track. James Lake in Melbourne says the legal action isn't being brought on by race fans or even competing teams, 
but a pop star. Well, Robbie Williams, of all people, is at the centre of this legal action, Talisa. More specifically, the company World Touring Melbourne, which is part owned by Will Smith of Hollywood. It's seeking $7.5 million for the costs incurred, plus $1.1 million in lost profits from bringing Robbie to Melbourne. Williams was already in town, ready to perform when the plug was pulled on the Friday morning at the start of race weekend. It's not known if he still went home with his $1.94 million fee for the cancelled gig, while fans who already bought their $99 tickets did receive full refunds. And over to Western Australia now, an ambulance ramping has spiked outside of hospitals. Our Perth reporter Emma Griffiths has the details. Yeah, that's right. Burloed paramedics, PPE requirements and tied up triple zero phone calls have received part of the blame for a spike in ambulance ramping outside WA hospitals. The Australian Medical Association claims it's evidence our health system is in crisis. The state's opposition, Libby Mesham, agrees. For the McGowan government to blame PPE for ambulances being ramped up outside of hospitals for hours on end simply doesn't pass the pub test. While Premier Mark McGowan says tied up triple zero phone lines are adding to the issue. I just urge people, and St John's is actually running a campaign around this, to discourage people from calling triple zero unless it is actually an emergency. So please please don't call triple zero just because you've got a COVID question the latest in business and finance. We're joined this morning by Effie Zahos, editor-at-large at CanStar. Effie, good morning. The RBA meets today and while no rate hikes are expected, experts are divided as to what impact the budget will have on rate hikes. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of talk around this because the economy is doing well. The labour market is tight and we're likely to see high inflation in the next two quarters. And then you throw in those pre-election cash sweeteners that we saw and that's expected to further fuel inflation. So you can see why economists are divided as to how hard or fast the ABA may need to raise interest rates. Now, money markets are factoring seven rate hikes this year, but economists are nowhere near as aggressive. I mean, CBA still says a June rate hike. Now, it's interesting to note that there have been plenty of cuts to variable rates, despite the fact that the cash rate hasn't actually been cut since November 2020. 43 lenders have cut their variable rate since Jan. And there's a couple of reasons for this. They may not have done it uh, during the peak of the COVID period. They probably cut their fixed rates. But the cynic in me would say that maybe they're doing it to win some business because there will be billions of dollars rolling off from fixed rate loans shortly as well. Now, there's also growing concern of what inflationary pressure and rising rates will have on SMSEs. Insights from Equifax this morning reveal that there's a decline in B2B credit. So that's like tradies getting credit from their suppliers. Now, this weaker credit and rising mortgage arrear rates of SMS directors and sole traders is an early sign that businesses may be struggling. And Effie, almost 20% of Aussie shopping is now being done online, according to new data released by Australia Post. So what are we snapping up and what suburbs are the biggest online shoppers? Yeah, so this report will come out this morning and basically showing that we spent a record $62 billion online last year. Um, And it now counts about uh, almost 20%, as you say, of total retail spend. 
And basically, while this growth last year, we're still actually a little bit behind other countries, not just in terms of online spend, but in other metrics like frequency. For example, in South Korea, more than half of all online shoppers are buying at least weekly on average. That's still double our figures. And it's interesting to to note that uh, Point Cook in Victoria was the top buying location. Then Liverpool in New South Wales uh, came in number two. Uh, Also interesting to note that shoppers are more active during the day than night. There's been an 11% drop uh, basically in mid-evening shopping. We used to shop between 7 and 10 p.m. And now it looks like the 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. is the ideal time to shop. Dare I say, are we shopping on the boss's time? (laughs) Effie, thank you. Time for sport now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, Cricket Australia is still yet to appoint a coach for the men's side. Does Andrew McDonald actually want the job? Well, that's a big question. Good morning, Talissa. Yeah, he's remaining pretty coy on that at the moment. Of course, he's been leading the side in the interim. He was the assistant coach under Justin Langer. When he was moved on, he's taken the reins and led us to a Test Series victory over in Pakistan, which is a big deal because we hadn't uh, won a series abroad in uh, in six years. He said that he has spoken to Cricket Australia, but he wants some more clarity around the role. Didn't go into detail as to what that was. There have been calls for the role to be split between the Test and, and the white ball teams. Cricket Australia has said in the past uh, that won't be happening. So we'll watch this space with that. But certainly he comes with big endorsements from senior players like the captain in Pat Cummins. In terms of the women's side, no change at the top there. Matthew might guiding them to uh, World Cup glory. And he expects uh, that their veteran stars will continue on. He doesn't see them uh, retiring anytime soon. Rachel Haynes, Alyssa Healy, um, Elise Perry, Meg Lanning, all in their 30s, but uh, expects them to keep charging on. And he says they've got a lot of depth. And at the World Cup, they're able to get games into younger players as well. They played 14 of 15 players. So we expect the Aussie women's side to go from strength to strength. Yeah, and this is an interesting one. Richmond's coach has moved to clarify his comments regarding Victoria's COVID rules. Yeah, now this caused a bit of a stir. He was speaking after his side's loss to St Kilda on the weekend, referencing a player who um, was forced to sit out a VFL game because he was deemed a close contact. And so uh, Damien Hardwick, uh, not too happy with that. He called on the Premier to relax those rules and said it was basically overdue. Uh, He received some blowback yesterday from the Victorian government and the AFL who distanced itself from those comments and said they'll continue to abide by the relevant state government protocols. And, of course, they're designed to keep the community safe. Damien Howick said those comments were tongue-in-cheek and he understands that um, this is all, you know, um, so that, that the healthcare workers aren't put under uh, too much pressure. So he's uh, backtracking pretty fast on those comments from the weekend. Yeah, it seems like it. And Manly has re-signed one of their stars and another faces time on the sidelines with a knee injury. Yeah, Daly Cherry Evans has signed for another two years, the Manly skipper. Uh, he was already committed until the end of 2023 anyway, so this new deal takes him until 2025. Unfortunately for Manly fans, the brakes have been put on Tommy Turbo. Tom Trebojevic will have knee surgery as soon as uh, some swelling goes down this week. He will miss at, miss, uh, miss at least a month of footy. Latrell Mitchell was a notable absentee at South's training yesterday, but the Bunnies say that he is A-OK and will play this weekend. Good news. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Talissa. 
the iconic bin chicken could be our mascot for the 2032 Olympics. The Queensland Sports Minister hinting the Ibis could play a big role. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the Listener app for free. I'm Talissa Pizzazz. Thanks for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe and we'll see you tomorrow. Listener.